What is up, everybody? Welcome into Anti Up. Howard Bender and Adam Ronis here. Now, we promised to uh, talk a little uh, fantasy baseball auction strategy, but <laughs> Adam, I woke up this morning. <laughs> the first thing I looked at was the Milwaukee Bucks score. Just knowing how you were, you know, we were talking about this uh, on yesterday's show. Um, did he hit all the props? Did we do well? Did like all of a sudden, like I, it was, it was hysterical. I could not believe the Bucks won that game. Well, I mean, I wasn't surprised. I had mentioned that he could easily turn it around. I mean, that's the type of player he is. Um, and again, Philadelphia did not have Joel Embiid, so it was a good win because they were down and they were just atrocious in the first half. But yeah, he hit the over on his points. He hit the over on his rebounds, not on assists. But the prop I was looking at was rebounds. Points, rebounds, assists, it was 47 and a half. So uh, he went over it. Man, it was so funny. You know, cause did you see the uh did you see the title of the uh, of the podcast that I that I posted? Yes. What was it? Um it said something about oh no, that was the other day, the psyche one. That was two days ago, right? Yeah, that was two days. <laughs> Oh yeah, inside the psyche. Something about the buck sucking, right? Was that the that's, one? Yeah, that's that's what yeah. it was. I wrote the the title was "Let's Talk Spring Training Again" since the Bucks suck. <laughs> well, if they would have listened, they would have seen. Well, okay, that was after the first half when the Bucks were down and only scored thirty one in the first half. Uh, then they scored thirty four in the third, twenty eighth in the fourth, and sixteen in overtime. But yeah, that's why. I mean, Giannis is just. You know, he's he's played great. You know, we had a discussion on Alarm After Hours about MVP. Um, and I've said I think James Harden needs to be near the top of the conversation. Uh, and again, with no Kyrie Irving yesterday, what did Harden do? 40 points, 10 rebounds, 15 assists. And then someone's like, oh, it's Giannis. Uh, the Nets have a super team. I'm like, um, do you realize Durant's played 19 games, Kyrie Irving 29? Like, James Harden is the key piece of that team. He makes them go. So... Like, you can't hold that against them. Now, if Durant comes back soon and Irving plays most of the games, it's going to be hard for him to win because he won't have the scoring. He'll have a lot of the other stats. But, yeah, it's tough to win an MVP when you're on a super team with three studs. But to me right now, Harden should be near the top of the conversation. Giannis should be there, too. Giannis has really picked up his play over the last month uh, and has played great. But I also think it is kind of an open conversation right now. Like, LeBron James is there, Nikola Jokic. I think Damian Lillard should be in the mix, too. So it is one of those conversations where it does seem to shift. But, um, see, I don't I don't know if Giannis has to, like, be extraordinary. He's won it two years in a row. So it's like, all right, well, you know, we expect this from you now. So uh, that's what's going to make it interesting. But to me, Brooklyn has beaten top teams, and Harden has been uh, the key piece. I mean, again, Durant's played 19 games, man. He's missed like half the season. Right. Yeah, I, listen, I, I I get it, man. I, there's no way I would even dispute the uh, the, the the MVP. Well, what I'm curious about, you you said, you know, when I asked you the other day, you were like Brooklyn as far as the team that's going to come out of the East. Um, you know, if Anthony Davis and is is healthy and and the and the Lakers make it, um, how sick of a finals <laughs> would that be, Brooklyn against the Lakers? Well, just the yeah. cast of characters are there. Let's put everybody at full health, ready to go. NBA Finals, Brooklyn Lakers, who you got? I probably would take Brooklyn. 
it's hard to bet against LeBron James, but you know they have that extra superstar, and who knows? I mean, they had a Blake Griffin. That's not a big deal. I don't expect him to play big minutes, and I don't think of a big impact. But the next guy to look at is Andre Drummond. He's still out there. He could go to the Lakers or the Nets. Those are two rumored possibilities. So uh, that's something to keep an eye on. But right now, I kind of lean towards Brooklyn. Does Andre Drummond tilt the scales? I mean, because no. Jim Bowden was talking about wanting Andre Drummond to come to the Lakers there as well. I mean, does, is that like is that a scale tipper? I mean, it'll help. Um, you know, he he'll rebound block shots, definitely gives some size down low, but he's not a great defender. So I don't know if he tips the scales, but it'll certainly help another big body. Right. Where does he fit better? Does he fit better with Brooklyn or does he fit better with the net with the uh with the the Lakers? Uh fantasy wise, probably the Lakers, because I just don't see him putting up huge numbers with the Nets. It'll he won't score much. It'll be a lot of rebounds and Potential blocks. Okay. Well, so if he goes there to the Nets, then at least we know what props that we're looking at on a nightly basis for him. Right? It's like looking at strikeout props in baseball. Uh, I don't know because Harden rebounds, Durant rebounds. So I don't know. It depends. It would depend on what they set it at. I don't, I wouldn't be hopping on that immediately. Okay. Well, then I won't hop on it immediately. I'll give it a few games and we'll see what happens there. Indeed. You sweating anything else tonight? What do you got? All my all my props. Well, the ones I wrote up for Wager Alarm are all late. But um, Russell Westbrook originally was not playing today. So that's why I didn't write it up. And I played his uh, over because it was the play of the night last night. It was over 19 and a half rebounds and assists. And he cashed that. So I played it tonight. It was down to 18 and a half. And in the first half, he has eight rebounds, five assists. So I only need, what, uh, six more? And he's got a whole half to do it. And the Wizards are beating the Jazz at the half by 18. So no need. I mean, I'm assuming the Jazz make a little bit of a run here. Um, but, yeah, that's it. Three early games and then three late games. So pretty much all the plays that I wrote up on Wager Alarm are the 10 p.m. Eastern and after. Oh, okay. Beautiful. So then we can uh, we can sit here and comfortably talk uh, – you know, auction strategy for fantasy baseball, the upcoming Tout Wars uh, contest. We can talk about that NFBC. By the time everybody's listening to this, the NFBC, that high stakes, uh, you know, draft that you're actually, you're announcing the players uh, in tomorrow. I hear we only might get you on the phone, Adam. We might not, we don't have you all mic'd up. Nope, that is not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Well, have your phone handy, Adam. I'm going to be calling you several times and texting you during the draft because I'm going to want to know uh, all the inside scoops. Yeah, well, prepare to meet uh, the dial tone. Wow, dude, that's messed up. Well, I can't pick up while I'm conducting a draft. Sure you can. No, You'd be like, hey, guys, guys, hold on a second. Howard's on the phone. Yeah, I'm sure. Then they're going to look at me like, really? Fuck? Take, quick, take quick time out. Um, no, I'm just busting on you there. All right. Well, let's talk about those. Let's talk some auction strategy and stuff like that. Before we get into all of that, though, uh, of course, of course, like to give a shout out to uh, our sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Um, and guys, definitely check it out. Dan Servadidio's got a Monkey Knife Fight prop article uh, going up every day for um, the NCAA tournament. So not only is Monkey Knife Fight the site that you should be playing on but 
we're giving you the 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 tips that you're going to need in order to win some some quick money there as well so uh you know definitely get yourself signed up and here's why do you like to play daily fantasy sports then you need to check out monkeyknifefight.com monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than the other daily fantasy sites that's because on monkeyknifefight.com there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks which means anyone has a chance at winning even you adam even you uh, monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love. Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, and eSports too. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. You know what else monkeyknifefight.com has? How about a free $5 game for you for just for signing up? And if you use the promo code ANTIUP, one word, A-N-T-E-U-P, you will have your first deposit matched instantly up to 50 bucks. With a name like monkeyknifefight.com, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to be getting when you sign up to play. Monkeys and knives and fights and sports. Sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play, play MKFing win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. So that's how we uh, pay the bills. All right, Adam, let's talk drafts. Let's talk fancy baseball drafts because, God, two weeks left in the seat, in, in spring training before we get underway here. You know, big weekend here. Now, you've done your Tout Wars draft already. You already had your 15 team mixed, right? Or the, was it 15 or 12? 15. You had the, you're in the 15 team one. Is there, there's a 12 team mix? Oh, it's the mixed auction. 15. No, the. The, the mixed auction 12 is labor. Oh, that also right. has some that's type right. of 12-team experimental draft where they did different categories. That's the one that's 12. But the mixed league draft for Tout was 15 teams. So funny. I'm, I'm in Tout Wars AL, and then I'm on the broadcast for the other three that are going on this weekend, uh, and I don't even know any of the details of them. It doesn't what's matter. What's wrong with me? the hell's wrong with me um all right let's talk about it. let's talk auctions man now first of all setting up your budget auction value stuff like that where do you get your auction value stuff obviously fantasy alarm and you're looking at those numbers uh but before you were a, a loyal fantasy alarmist um do you create your own auction values no who has time for that um andy spateri Who's doing homemade auction values on Fantasy Alarm? Well, yeah, um, but I wasn't doing that before um, because I, I just kind of look at like if it was NFBC, I'd look at their auction values and just kind of have that as a guide. But I don't follow it strictly. I'm not like Larry Schechter who has like everything to a T and doesn't go above his values. I'll go above if I feel like the player is worth going an extra dollar to. I'll do it. So I'm not rigid. In that sense. Yeah, I I have a handful of players who I'm fine going over. You know, like one of the funny things is, and this is one of the reasons why I love our auction values over at Fantasy Alarm, because it's it's not an auction value. It's not a it's not a value of you know how much money you think that you're gonna get a return uh for this player. It's what you're what what you're expected to pay. 
for the guy. And that's, you know, that's the difference. You look at some auction values and they're like, you know, they've got guys who are at zero and they've got guys who are at negative one. Well, guess what? You can't bid zero and you can't bid negative one. And they're still showing players who are drafted with those values. Um, so I definitely I prefer what we've got, which is just, you know, what you're expected to pay. Now, you know, obviously who the one dollar guys are, but, you know, to, to really match it up with that. And Andy's have been, you know, ridiculously on point, uh, especially coming off of the labor auctions uh, that we saw there. So but I'm with you. I'm, I'm not afraid to go a, a couple of bucks more if it's a guy who, you know, I really covet. I think guys who are rigid like that end up missing out on players, like missing out in a big way. Yeah, they can. I mean, look, everyone has their own strategy and stick to it. But I think you do need to be flexible. And sometimes you just see the room is spending up and you might have to go an extra dollar or two for a player that you're really high on. So what kind of prep work do you do? Are you, are you just, a, are you just a, a go with the flow kind of guy in the auction? I've done it a variety, a variety of ways. I mean, in the Gotham district league, the last couple of years, I've kind of gone with the flow. I didn't come in, you know, with that saying, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. I just said, All right, I'm going to see how it goes. And typically in that league, it's a 15 team league, a lot of industry people in it, Rick Wolf, Glenn Colton. I'm not in it this year because of draft conflict. I already had scheduled another draft, so I'm not in it this year. But that's a 15-team mixed league auction. And in that one, I would typically – I thought people were spending a lot of money on the top-tier players. So I would just sit back, wait, and then get a bunch of – maybe not spend anything more than 34 35 on a player. Maybe get two $30 players. But it was really go with the flow. And – it worked pretty well. I haven't won that league, but I finished second, third, I think fifth. I know I've been in the is it three or four years. I've pretty much been in the top half of the league every year, but I haven't won it yet. Um, so it kind of worked. But then when I've done the NFBC, I'll go in there with a sheet and have designated slots estimated for which spot. So like a $30 outfielder with four or five names. And obviously you don't stick to that to a T because say you have Eloy Jimenez slotted in for 30 and you get in the auction and you want to spend 32. So now you add the $2 and then take $2 off maybe the next outfield spot or the one below. Um, but that can work as well. And just, you know, $1 catcher, maybe a $5 catcher, 15 first base, you know, and just go through it and then just have four to five players slotted in each one. So you can do that and that's work. So I think there's a variety of ways to do it. I've always said you have to find a way to be comfortable um, and you do have to deviate from the plan. You know, Lenny Melnick is someone who will tell you, he'll write it out beforehand. And he's done this when I'm in person, like, all right, here's my team. This is who I want to get. The problem with that is sometimes you get, it gets in your head and you're like, I have to get this guy. And you wind up overpaying too much. So you just got to figure out a, a formula that works for you. But the one important part is you've got to be flexible. You can come in with a plan, but you have to be ready to quickly change that plan on the fly because things don't go according to plan. And you'll know early. You'll see, all right, this is a group that's going to spend money. So like last year when I was doing the labor, the 12 team, I saw they were not spending early. I said, all right, this is cool. I'm just going to take these big bats. Now, I came in with the same strategy this year, but they spent more this year. Acuna right. went to 51, but I still said I'm still going to get 
you know, the four guys. Now I'm going to have to pay a little bit more money for them this year, but I'm still, I feel in a 12 team mixed league, there's just too much good value at the end and on the waiver wire. I wouldn't do that in a 15. I'm not going to spend big on four players in a 15. That's two extreme stars and scrubs. It's just a deeper player pool. And I feel like you won't come out with the best team. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I remember because I was on the broadcast for both of those drafts for you. And uh, that first year when you came out swinging like that, you had done that. And I think uh, I think Derek, I saw Derek Van Riper do something uh, similar as well. And I was just like, it's, it's a 12 team league. You come out swinging like that. If, if everybody's going to kind of hedge and hold back, you might as well take advantage of it. I, I definitely agree that it's not. Um, the greatest thing to do in a 15-teamer um, at all. I like the idea of basically listing out uh, a couple, you know, like four or five guys at each position, um, who you who you like, who you want at different pricing tiers, um, and say to yourself, well, I'll be happy with this guy at this price uh, if I have to spend down at this position, um, you know, based on, on what I do for the rest do you set up your budget, your pitching versus hitting budget at all? It'll be loose. It don't have to go by it strictly. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I know people do that. They might go 190, 170, 180, and 80. So you can do that. I mean, I'm a little bit more flexible. I did obviously did not do that in labor because I didn't really spend much on pitching. That wasn't by design. It's just the way it worked out. And like I said, I think I should not have spent uh, 14 on Paul Goldschmidt. I should have went cheaper and then allocated the rest of that to pitching because uh, there was a lot of pitchers that I just missed out on in the 10, 11, $12 range that I really like. I still think in the end it worked out, but I spent $45 on DeGrom. And then my next highest pitcher was Trevor Rose at dollar eight, which I was fine with because I think I have him as a top five, top seven closer. So again, that's, that's adjusting to the room. Like when I saw the prices for closers, I said, oh, okay, as the auction was going on in my head, I said, all right, I got $10 for Rosenthal or Yates. Yates went first. I don't remember what he went for. And then I got Rosenthal for eight. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. I got him cheaper than what I wanted to pay. So that's where you can read the room early and kind of get an idea of where things are going. And I think that's probably the most challenging part for someone who's never done an auction wants to get in. Look, we can sit here and give you the blueprint and write articles. You're not going to know shit until you actually do an auction. Yeah. All this stuff that we tell you, yeah, it's great and maybe you remember it. But until you're in the fire and you're either in a room and you see the pace of it and how quick it is or you're online, it moves fast, man. You don't have time to sit there and think. You really have to react quickly. And that's why you see people jump in. And what that is is. You might see 12, 13, and then someone goes 16. And what happens? People freeze because they're like, oh, yeah, I was going to go to 14. Oh, shit, it's 16. Fuck. Do I go to 17 now? And you think, you think, and before you know, the timer runs out. Because if you notice, those jump bids tend to work quite a bit. Now, I can backfire because I see people throw out a player at, like, 17 that I think is too high, and no one bids. It's crickets, and they got them at 17 when they might have been able to get them for 14. So it kind of works both ways, but the – like anything in life, but especially in auction, the truest test is doing it. So you just have to throw yourself in there if you've never done it before. And it's going to be a learning curve. You might struggle your first year, but you'll read stuff on Fantasy Alarm. You'll hear this. And then that experience, you'll be like, oh, okay, I get it now. But until you experience it, 
it's it's you know you could hear everything we tell you and read our articles you got to experience it firsthand yeah you got to experience it and you have to understand that you can't panic like yes. that's that's a big thing and i remember i i think i it was my first live auction i had been doing a league for a couple of years where we were doing a blind bid and you would submit your bid sheet and then they would just kind of go over it and you know like five or six guys would have all the bid sheets in front of them and we'd kind of go over it and uh and that was like my first uh you know it was a blind bid auction but then coming in and doing like a regular auction and you know having to be on point there um there is no time to panic i mean that is definitely um you know, sound advice is, is really, you know, is he's getting the experience doing it, but just understanding that once you're in there, you got to be in the zone and you can't sit there and, you know, and, and, and panic or freak out about everything because Adam's right. It moves incredibly fast. It really does. And, you know, and you're like, you're sitting there trying to like cross names off of your list because they've gone. And then all of a sudden you realize that we're, you know, we're, we're halfway through the bidding on another player. And all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, what the hell just happened here? Who are we bidding on? So yeah, it's definitely important to uh to pay attention there. Jump bids. Um, yeah, that's you know <laughs> that's also a, a lesson that if you're doing it online, that you you know, you gotta be careful of that bid plus one button, right? How many times have you seen that one, Adam? Oh yeah, you got it right? online software. Yeah, it hasn't happened to me because I'm usually manually typing it in. Mm -hmm. um but no there i guess no early it happens well i'll do the up plus one and i'm like oh it went to 18 i was trying to go 17 it, it's never burned me yet but yeah it can happen when everyone's doing the plus one you don't know when you come in so you do have to be careful of that it's much more difficult to price enforce on online software much easier to do in person because you could get screwed and get someone you don't want so you do have to keep that in mind yeah definitely um, one tactic that I, I love doing in, in auction drafts also, um, you know, depending on, on how much I've got, you know, budgeted for a particular player, I'm all about the fours and the nines like that to me, it's, it's, you know, when you talk about, you know, when somebody does a jump in and everybody's like, Oh, wait a minute. I always end up when I'm doing, you know, certain jump bids, or if I know if I'm going back and forth with somebody, I want to put the onus on them to feel like they're going up in a pricing tier. So if it's like, you know, if I bid, you know, if some, somebody bids $11 on a guy, I bid, you know, uh, I can bid 12. But if I'm, if I know that this is a guy who I'm going to go up early, you know, if, if I'm fine going up on, um, I'll put it at 14 and let that person make that decision as to whether or not they want to go. Is this a $15 player? I do that, you know, somebody will bid like 27 on a guy. I won't screw around with the 28. I'll go to 29 immediately and have that person make that decision of, is this a $30 player? Like, do I jump up to that tier? It's amazing how many times you bid on the four or the nine that they just back off immediately. Like, it's really funny about that. And I don't care. I mean, if it's like, you know, obviously I don't want to lose money. I remember... um was it the auction that you were doing where Clay Link like jumped up a bid on I think it was like on Giolito and he just said 30 right off the bat. It was like, you know, somebody said 16 or 17 and I think he went up to 30 and then it just stopped dead in its tracks. 
And so there's the question of whether or not he's bidding too much and stuff like that. You know, for me, if it was like that, somebody put 16, it was Giolito, I'd put 19. If somebody immediately went to 20, I'd go to 24 immediately. Like to me, that that's kind of a, a range that I would prefer to do as opposed to like, you know, too big of a jump in, you know, just because you've got him valued as a $30 player doesn't mean everybody else does. Yeah, I don't like to jump that high, but he might have said, all right, I got him at 33. Let me just go to 30 and maybe I'll freeze the room. So it, it worked out for him if that was his thinking. Um, but yeah, there you can see some people react slowly or you catch people off guard. I hate when people throw out the studs for $1. I was the guy in that mixed labor who fucking <laughs> typed, who typed in $20. Because it's like, come on, bro. For real, Mike Trout a dollar. Like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Oh, that's for real. See, that's Lenny. Lenny does. I that. know he does that. And I'll tell him straight. We have him on, on the show. And I'll, I, you know what? Thank you for reminding me. I'm going to bring that up next time and tell him something. Because for real, I want to hear his argument because it's stupid. I'm not, I don't want to, I'm not trying to insult him. This is for anyone who does it. I don't understand the reasoning. Do you really think? That Mike Trout's going to go for 15 bucks? Like, we all know he's fucking going for 40, 45. Why are we, you're wasting time. One, two, three. And then everyone sits there. Plus one, plus one. I'm the guy who says fucking 25. Go. Like, what are we doing? I don't, I don't understand it either. Um, it is, very, it, it is, it's, it's frustrating because all it does is it slows everything down. It wastes time. Like at the yeah. end of the auction, yes, you get to a point you're going to throw guys out a dollar, right? You don't want to put someone out there at five when everyone's low on money and you really don't want them or you're not sure that you get stuck. No, I get it. At the end, yeah, you're going to throw guys out at a dollar. But when we're early and you got these stud players, like, really? You think you're going to get this guy for 15, 20? What are we doing? And then that's the worst part. I'll see. Mike shot a dollar, two, three. I'm like, all right, 25 typing it in like come on man i don't get mad at a lot of shit but that shit annoys me man i just don't understand it someone explain it to me i'm gonna have to ask lenny why he does it um he'll he'll tell you because if somebody's not if people aren't paying attention okay come on i mean i know we have a lot of older people in this industry and maybe half of them could fall asleep during the draft including lenny um but like <laughs> that's probably not gonna happen and when let me know when it does. Show me the year in an auction that you got one of these studs for two, three, four, or five dollars because you threw about a dollar. Yeah, I hear yeah, crickets. I'm, I'm with you, dude. <laughs> I'm sure it's gonna happen in my home league too, and I'm gonna. And there's a couple people I know for sure that listen to this podcast in their league, and I'll be the first one to throw them in there at like twenty, twenty-five bucks. Like you guys. Complain, oh, it's four or five hours. Yeah, because you guys are fucking going a dollar on all these stud players to start with. Well, I guarantee anybody who's in your home league who's also listening to this right now is going to turn around and say, because it pisses you yeah, off. Yeah, I know. Like, <laughs> I mean, if, I know, if I know for a fact that something I can do gets under somebody's skin and can kind of get into their, their psyche a little bit. In the auction. I'll be fine, bro. I'm not going to – I'll just be like, okay, whatever. I'll just type in the 20. That's it. It's not going to throw me off my game. So if people are going to try and do that – I mean, and that's the other thing too is like, you know, th this happens to all of us who are in the industry and you play with people that consume your work. They know who you like. I mean, I'm in the GDE league, and I see there's a couple people in there like, ah, oh, Ironis likes this guy. They're bidding me up. I'm like, okay. And then my home league – it was the year Blake trying to have his big year. Like, I 
had him ranked very high, higher than almost anyone. I know, um, like, I had him, like, close to a top 12 closer. Like, I was confident, like, he was going to get the job done. He had that half – he got traded from Washington to Oakland, and I was like, this is the guy. And in that fucking auction, bro, they must they must have known. They kept bidding me up. Dude, he went for, like, 25 bucks. I was like, all right, cool. Take him. Like, there comes a point where it's like, all right, well, you're overpaying now. Yeah, and you know I like him, and you respect my opinion, and you see me win. But that's the one thing about an auction. All right, cool. Spend your money. And I, I might have told you this story, too. This was years ago. Everyone knew I was a big Mark Teixeira fan. Loved him. And we got I got into a bidding. Whoa, 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 whoa wait, wait. Mark Teixeira Rangers or Mark Teixeira Yankees? Well, I liked him before then, even the Braves. But when the, he was on the Yankees, I still had him on my team. But I don't, I don't know if this was – this was probably not a Yankees year because this was – yeah, this was before he came to the Yankees. I, was he on Atlanta then? He might have been. Um, but we're going back and forth, one of my best friends. And he keeps going up. I'm going up. And I just stopped. And he got stuck with him, and he didn't have a good year. And that's the karma you get, bro. If you want the dude and you really like him, sure. But if you're trying to fuck with someone, you're going to get burned. <laughs> Me, I'm I'm a little of both, man. I love fucking with people in an auction. I really do. Like you I'm do? not gonna, I, I don't. I'm not going to I'm not going to sit there and 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 do something. I'm not going to price enforce unless I you know, I, I I want the guy. Like if I'm not willing to accept the 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 player at that price, I'm not going to bid it. Like, that's just bottom line. I remember when, um, you know, I, I was like, quote unquote, caught price enforcing on Max Scherzer uh, in labor. And uh, and, and you know, I was like, um, you know, I, I was like, I've got him listed here on my sheet as, you know, like a couple of bucks higher than what I got him for. So, no, I don't really consider. I said, was I price enforcing there? Yes, I was, but it's because I didn't want him going for as low as he was going. And as long as he was still underneath what I had him, you know, listed as, then I was perfectly fine with that. It was the same thing that happened with me and, and Ronald Acuna Jr. in NL Labor. I wasn't planning on him, but I had him listed at uh, like, you know, like fucking 46 bucks. And there, you know, Van Riper throws him out at 40 and nobody says anything. So I went to 41. Am I, you know, am I price enforcing? Yeah, because I think he's a, a, a you know, a better player than that. Am I going to get caught with my pants down and be like, oh, my God, 41 for Acuna. That just ruined my entire draft. No, but I do love fucking with people. And I know that, like, I, I, I know certain things that get into their heads. It's why I told Doug Dennis that I found out what his tell was in the middle of the uh, the, the tout auction a couple of years ago. Yeah, that's the one thing when you do it in person, you can read people, body language, inflection, or when they really want a player, you can tell. But yeah, the one thing, it's okay to price it for us, but just remember, whatever you bid, you have to be, when you make that bid, you have to say to yourself, all right, this could be it, and I'm, and I get this player. Am I okay with that? If you're not, don't do it. Yeah. If you're not going to be happy with them, yeah, you, you can't do it. You can't. But, you know, sitting next to you in an auction, though, I would totally try to fuck with you a million times over. Well, that's good. It's good to know I'm in your head. No, no, no. You're not in my head. I just well, know I am that because you're, you're, 
you're bidding on a player that you really don't want just to fuck with me. That's no, 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 no. Listen, I'll fuck with you. Like I'll fuck with anybody else. Doesn't matter if it's you, if it's, if it's Eno Saris, uh, if it's Rick Wolf and Glenn Colton. Oh dude, I get into fucking Glenn's head all the time. I started making fun of, uh, you know, the, the two of them with, uh, you know, their, their end of the, you know, Glenn Colton's two. Every time somebody bids a dollar on a guy only because he's got the money to do it. At the tail end, he doesn't even want the player. I started calling him out on that shit, and all of a sudden, like, he stops doing it. I'm like, ah, come on, I, dude, I love it, man. I, I will, I will kind of fuck with anybody in the middle of an auction just for the fun of it. Not, you know, listen, because everybody who I'm in an auction with, that you know, when we do these tout and labor, I expect everybody to like be able to handle it, right? Like, right. you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna tilt Derek Van Riper in the middle of an auction. Um, because, uh, you know, <laughs> wow, that's a, that's a, that's a whole other story. <laughs> Van Riper's wife and I, like, you know, when he, when we were in Vegas for like rotowire functions and stuff, you know, she and I just, we, you know, live music junkies and we totally hit it off and, you know, it was great. And then, um, I guess she had made a comment, he, you know, he said something in like a chat room on an online auction about you know oh steph says this and you know immediately you know you you know me i'm I'm of course gonna just start fucking with somebody on that um but do do i think it's gonna tilt derek no not at all not at all you on the other hand i'll find ways to tilt you you won't bro i'm focused in a auction or a draft bro i am challenge accepted dude you're the dude who fucking got dude you got thrown off by fucking salami and cheese. <laughs> you got fucked up by food, so I don't need to worry about you, bro. Well, we'll see you in a, in a live auction. Well, I gotta do it. All I, I won't have food. A, I just gotta throw a pizza in you. And like, oh shit! And then you get all greasy, and you'll you'll be all thrown off. So I already know how to fuck with you. <laughs> I would have. I'll already have eaten before the auction. I'm good. Dude, if it's a live auction, a hundred percent will have eaten beforehand. There, no, I will but eat I'm gonna it. have. I'm gonna make sure your your wife gives me the um, salami cheese where she got it from, and I'm just all of a sudden just gonna throw it in front of you, and you're like, "Oh shit, that looks fucking good." I remember that, and then you're gonna just dive in. Be like, "Nope." Your fingers look a little greasy there. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know if you're going to be able to bid properly. Bender's like, fuck, I wanted to bid on that player, but that salami was so good. I forgot, and I couldn't cross. <laughs> I couldn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, the funniest part about all that is that, you know, a lot of people, everybody's focused on the salami. Because this story has gone around. A, a, yes, a Westbrook hit his prop. Boom. All right, go ahead. Hey, yowza, yowza, yowza. Like that story's been passed around a lot and everybody knows it, but nobody realized everybody's like focused on the salami and cheese part. Nobody realizes that really the problem with the whole thing was that I dropped the paper towel at my feet under the desk and I'm too fucking fat to be able to pick it up without like the the chair rolling out from under me. <laughs> All that other shit that goes along with it. Like that was my big problem there. That was... <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I'm over. But it's actually, I mean, it sucks because it kind of hurt you a little bit. But it's actually good that we are doing most of our leagues at home right now. Maybe some of you are doing it in person, but I don't think there's many. It is important to have like the right 
workspace and things around you. And I, again, eat before, man. Have a good meal. Have your water, coffee, alcohol, whatever it is you want. But, like, you don't want to be eating during an online auction, especially, where you have to press buttons and everything. Even a draft. Like, I have my draft. I have a NFBC made event Sunday night, 8 o'clock. You know I'm eating 6.37. I'm good to go. I'll have my coffee. There's going to be no food around me, man. Nothing. I'm just going to have coffee, water, good to go. Same thing when I have my next draft after that. But that stuff is important. I know people are like, oh, what are you talking? No, bro. You, you've got to focus for three, four hours. You've got to be well-fed, awake, alert. Like, put yourself in the best position. Like, I know, like... Treat it like a job interview, right? You're not going to go. You don't have to get dressed up, obviously. You could do this naked if you want. Um, <laughs> but no, take it seriously, man. This is the foundation of your team, man. Yeah. Um, I completely agree with you. I don't know if you read the uh, the Kicking Rocks article I wrote, um, you know, last week where it was called uh, Draft from Your Comfort Zone. And it was kind of it – was, it was off of this. I don't actually mention the salami and cheese, but – you know, there's a whole section in here where I'm just like, you know, your pre-draft work is done at least an hour before your draft starts. You know, clear your mind and body there. You know, print out your rankings well ahead of time. Um, make sure you've got pen, paper, scrap paper, whatever you need. Your research stuff is handy. Um, if you need to eat, you do it beforehand. Um, have whatever it is, water, beer, cigarettes, weed, whatever it is that you want for your draft. Make sure it's all there because... You know, the last thing you want to do is, you know, you know, spend any time looking for something as opposed to, you know, focusing, you know, on your draft. I, you know, the same thing was, you know, as far as like getting people to leave you alone. I make the joke all the time. I said it here in the uh, in, in the uh, in the article. All right. If you have to pick a fight with your wife so she stops talking to you for the next six hours, pick that fight. Go yell at your kids for no reason. Send them to their rooms. Tell them to think about what they did wrong and you'll be back to hear their answers after your draft. Like, I mean, make sure that that is all clear. You know, we're doing for um, for these Tout Wars drafts for the uh, for the auctions, you know, they're opening up Zoom rooms for for these drafts, you know, so that it can, you know, you have like the 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 whatever the the feeling of being in the room together. I will not be in the Zoom room. Oh, I was just going to ask you. Me too. Dude, I don't want any fucking part of that shit. Not to be antisocial. I just, it's a distraction. First of all, I don't know. I'm not even going to look at the Zoom. I'm going to have my screen with the draft, maybe right. look up some stats. It's the same thing doing our SiriusXM shows. It's a fucking waste. I don't know how you feel. I never look at the Zoom. I don't mind it for the SiriusXM shows just because it allows me to, you know, like hand signal, like if I've got like a follow up question that I want to, you I know, guess, but something like that. But see, for if these, that was me and you, I wouldn't be looking at it. I never have it up. It's minimized. Right. Well, yeah, we don't we don't have it up for uh, for the, this podcast. We just kind of do our thing. Yeah, because well, people expect that anyway. Um, right. Not, but, you know, for the same time, time restraint here. Right. There is no. But time. you know what? It really depends on who you're working with. So if you feel like, hey, with this person, we kind of need it because I do want to signal to them, then fine. But there might be some people where you find that you don't need that nonverbal communication and you don't step on each other as much. But right. but that's a different conversation. But I agree. Like, I understand people want to make it festive in draft day. 
if it's an auction, bro, I don't have time to sit there and look at other people's faces, man. I just don't. I'm focused on on draft day. If you guys want to have a Zoom get together after and bullshit, fine. It's the same thing during the auction there. I'm not, I'm not, yeah, I mean, I was sitting next to Mitch last year. I joked a little bit with him, but, you know, I'm there to build the foundation of my team. I need to focus. I need to look, okay, I missed out on this guy. Who am I getting? Like, there's so much of a thought process flowing, man. And I know draft day is supposed to be fun, but it can be fun before when you have, you know, you socialize with everyone and after, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I'm sorry, man. I'm not jumping in a Zoom room, bro. I mean, we did... They made us do it for the Flex League, I guess, because they were, um, I guess they were streaming it. Dude, I barely said anything. In fact, they asked me something. He's like, Adam, Adam. I had to unmute and answer. I didn't care, bro. I'm focused on the draft. I am the exact same way. Like, I am 100% the exact same way. I, um, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, just like the thought of it. Even, even, and I'll tell you what. Even doing the Zoom room with the barf draft, which was just a snake draft. Right. I hated it. I hated it because, you know, I mean, if I'm sitting there and like, you know, people are talking on the Zoom or whatever, like that kind of shit. There's more talking on a Zoom than there is in a real draft. Yes. No and doubt. and that's an extra distraction. It's something I don't need. And I, I'm with you. I'm not trying to be antisocial or anything like that. But I have there's there's live draft behavior and then there's online draft behavior. And when I'm in an online draft, I like to, I put music on. I've got everything up on my computer. I've got my pen and paper there with my rankings. And I'm like, and I'm good to go. And, and that's just it. If I'm like, you know, if I have to deal with the Zoom and I'm listening to people, because that's another thing also, is that, you know, if you're, you know, if you've got fucking headphones in, I mean, it's right there in your head. And it's like, it's, it's just loud and it's annoying. And yeah, I mean, so I'm going to, you know, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I hope they're not offended by it, but you know, I mean, whatever, I'll sit there and I'll, I'll listen to the, <laughs> I'll listen to the conversation afterwards. But I mean, it doesn't matter to me if you think I'm being antisocial or anything like that. No, I just, I, I'm not, you know, it's not social hour for me. This is, this is my job. And you know what? And and while there might not be any kind of like major prize for winning tout wars or winning labor, right? It's still part of my job to to you know take part in these leagues and to win these leagues and to show people that I can win these leagues, that I do win these leagues. And if that means like being off my game in a draft, no fucking way. I can't do it. Can't do it. Mm -mm. Yeah, no, I agree, man. It's just a distraction. So, yeah, fuck the Zoom room, man. And and I and I'll tell people that also. I mean, I mean, unless you're just like if you're playing with your home league and it's your buddies and you know, and you guys want to have that Zoom room so you can talk shit to each other and stuff like that. I mean, that's fine. You know, if it's a snake draft, then okay, fine. If it's an auction draft, I I highly recommend you uh you sit this one out and you let them talk shit about you behind your back. Yeah, the goal is to draft a team to lay the foundation and you don't want anything to throw you off your game. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Um, any other uh, little tips for uh, auction tips that you uh, that you want to share with the world? 
Uh, no, nah, again, just be flexible, man. You have to adjust to what's going on. So you can come in with a set plan. That's fine. It's a blueprint. But you have to be ready to pivot quickly if the things don't go according to plan in the room. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Definitely go with the flow kind of a thing. Don't get crazy. Stay calm. If you uh, if you miss out on a guy, you know, let it go. Like mentally, let it go. There's no sense in lamenting on it. You know, like, oh, how many times have you seen people do that? They just sit there and they fucking stew over and over again because they didn't go the extra dollar for the player, and then they're pissed off about it. And then that just that ruins, you know, it like takes them out of the draft for a couple of minutes. I've seen it a million times. Yeah, you just have to move on. Even if you realize, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that or I should have not just it's over with, man. There's nothing you could do about it now. You still have the rest of the auction ahead. So focus on that. You can dwell on that shit afterwards. There you go. There you go, folks. Definitely check it out this whole weekend. It's Tout Wars weekend. Again, well, it starts off, the weekend starts off with the NFBC high stakes draft. What's the what's the entrance fee for this high stakes draft tomorrow night? I think it's 5000 Yeah, there you go. So $5,000, they're ponying up for uh, an NFBC uh, snake draft. Um, I'll be on the broad, Adam will be in the room. Maybe we'll get a, if they go on a break, maybe we'll get to talk to Adam at some point during that. I'll be on the broadcast. Uh, with uh, Dr. Roto, Real Talk Raf. Then uh, Saturday morning, AL Labor Auction. I'll be in that one. Are you, you're, you're not on that broadcast, are you? No, nah, just on the broadcast with you. Okay, so then that's the second one. That's the, uh, whatchamacallit, what is it? Four Mixed p- League. 4 p.m. Eastern. Well, Mixed yeah, league. I don't know if it's 4 p.m. Eastern. You told me it wasn't an email that I wasn't in. I... T- <laughs> I will I will make sure that I send Matt Deutsch an email asking him, begging him to please include you um, on all your emails. But 4 p.m. Eastern is the uh, the Tout Wars mixed auction. Adam and myself, Colton and the Wolfman on that broadcast. Then on Sunday morning, I think it's like, I don't know, noon, Sunday, noon Eastern, maybe might be. Yeah, I think that's what it is. That's the NL auction for Tout Wars. I'll be the auctioneer for that one. And then uh, and then we've got the uh, the head-to-head league for Tout Wars, and that starts at like 5 p.m. Eastern, and I'll be on the broadcast there. I got a lot of work to do this weekend, Adam. I got a lot of, a lot of talking to do, a lot of jibber-jabber. Yes, better rest those vocal cords. Well, then I'm going to stop wasting my time with you right now. Good idea. Wow, so hurtful. So you you insulted me and then get mad at me. <laughs> what are you talking about? I didn't insult you. Yeah, you did. What are you, you talking said, about? Didn't you just say that maybe I should stop wasting my time with you right now? Yeah. Yeah. Is that an insult? You find that insulting? Um, it was more insulting than my response of good idea. <laughs> I, yeah, but you were sound. You sounded sarcastic when you said that. Oh, okay. I could hear it in your tone. It's not what you say; it's how you say it, Adam. Got it. Ah, how many times have you heard that one? <laughs> oh, the ultimate. All right, that's going to do it for us here tonight. <laughs> for Adam Ronis, I'm Howard Bender. This has been Annie Up, and we'll catch you next time.